Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forts Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Inferno, the owner of Forts Athletics, where we specialize in coaching high school, collegiate, and post-collegiate throwers with a focus on the shot put, discus, hammer, weight throw, and the occasional javelin competitor. And I'm really excited to be starting uh, this podcasting journey with everybody. Uh, I think podcasting is great, uh, very informative. Uh, for anybody who's learning or who's interested in learning more about really anything um, that, they, that they could imagine. Um, there's, uh, I follow a lot of education podcasts and, and business and marketing and sports podcasts. And it's really interesting uh, to gain uh, different insight from everybody who might be, um, who might be podcasting and talking about their various uh, topics of expertise. So with this podcast, I hope to bring some value to... Uh, coaches, whether new or experienced, uh, athletes, uh, parents as well in regards to how to coach athletes, uh, work with them in their specific disciplines, uh, goal setting, uh, motivation, and things of that nature. Um, A little bit about myself, Uh, I kind of fell into coaching by accident, Um, went to college at SUNY Fredonia, it's a small uh, state school located in uh, western New York, close to the Pennsylvania border. Um, I went to school to be a teacher, uh, specifically an elementary teacher. And that was really my only ambition at the time, besides competing in track and field on the track and field team. Um, I didn't really uh, think too much about coaching after I graduated from college, uh, but my uh, head coach, who was also the throwing coach my senior year, left, um, and the athletic director and the new head coach uh, asked me that summer of 04 if I was interested in coaching and being being a graduate assistant. Uh, and I said, uh, yes. Uh, I hesitated a little bit because I um, didn't know how to coach, really. Uh, I only knew what I knew from from past experiences with my two previous coaches that I had at Fredonia, uh, but I said yes. So I inherited a team of really my my teammates. I inherited throwers that I was teammates with for the most part. Uh, we got a couple of additions uh, that I'll spend some time talking about probably in the next podcast or the third one. Um, but I, I inherited a great group of athletes and, and individuals, um, and I think that's why uh, I've continued on with my journey in coaching. Uh, we had some success my first year, 2004-2005. I coached a great uh, female hammer and weight thrower, Jen Galvin. Um, she won a conference championship in the weight throw, won the conference championship in the hammer, um, was the last athlete not selected to compete at the uh, indoor nationals in 2005. Um, but she made outdoor nationals in 2005 at Wartburg College, um, where uh, she went in and uh, seated uh, fairly high, uh, top 15, um, but unfortunately uh, did not make the the finals or or All-American. However, though, unfortunately that she didn't have achieved that level of success, um, it it kind of uh, struck... I don't, know, I don't know if struck is the right word, um, but it definitely lit a, lit a fire under me uh, in coaching that um, I thought, oh, I took, took some responsibility, most of the responsibility um, for her performance. Uh, and looking back, 
uh, so many years ago. Um, knowing what I know know now, uh, I probably, I think, I hope to think that I was uh, would be a better coach um, if I was at Fredonia as a 22-year-old like I was with the knowledge that I have now that my athletes may have had more success um, throwing-wise. Uh, but that first group of individuals that I coached, I have a, a couple of teachers. I have a, a Division II coach in the throws who is uh, doing extremely well for himself. Uh, and I also have a, a principal that I coached as well, and now he's a principal in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, personally and professionally, uh, I don't think I did um, that much harm to them. But coaching-wise, uh, I wish I, I could have done a better job working with them. Um, and obviously, um, there was no Instagram back then in 2004. Uh, Twitter, Twitter wasn't around. Facebook was just just getting started. Um, so there really weren't a lot of ways to communicate with other individuals and other coaches. Uh, I really, like I said, had no idea what I was doing, um, but I fell into a good group of athletes, and um, I was always, uh, I was not hesitant to ask for help. Um, and starting off with this, this first, first podcast, uh, with the theme of coaches as, as experts, um, I do not consider myself an expert in the throws. Uh, I think I consider myself a lifelong learner. Uh, I think there's always something that we can gain as coaches and individuals from, you know, any conference or clinic that we attend one, you know, one nugget or, or one piece of information, uh, that we can bring back and trying to uh, incorporate with whatever we're working um, on with our athletes. But back in 2004, uh, when I started coaching, I was also in grad school, uh, earning my master's degree in curriculum and instruction, and uh, teaching as well. So uh, I would uh, teach during the day, I would uh, coach at night, and the days that I wasn't coaching, I would be in um my grad classes. So I wasn't really sure if I was doing a good job with my athletes at the time because I was, like I said, I, I was coaching them the way uh, I was coached and, and, and trying to train them to the best of my ability. Uh, so I reached out to a coach uh, by the name of Judd Logan, who um, I have uh, a great deal of respect for. Uh, he's arguably one of the best um, not only throwing coaches, but coaches in, in, in the country, in the United States. Um, back then in 2004-05 season, he was the, the throwing coach at Ashland University. He, now he's the head coach at Ashland. And I remember sending him an email uh, in December of 2004, just basically asking him if I could come out there with a couple of my kids and watch a practice and just see what you know, what, what real athletes, what Olympic caliber athletes um, uh, look like when, when they're training for the weight uh, and how they work out and just how they, they approach their practice and the nuances that come with being an elite level uh, competitor. Um, so that December of 04, uh, it was a fantastic training group of individuals that threw at uh, Kent State in, in Ohio. It was, uh, was a... <clears throat> Uh, an icebreaker or some type of opening uh, meet the first weekend of the indoor season. So I remember um, A.G. Kruger, Kibway Johnson, 
Joe Woodsky and Derek Woodsky competing there uh, in the men's weight throw um, with uh, Derek, I believe, hitting maybe the second or, or third best mark in the world uh, that year uh, at that particular event. Uh, or in the weight throw at that particular uh, track and field meet, excuse me. So I sent Judd an email, uh, introduced myself, I said I was interested in learning more about how to coach and work with athletes, and I asked him if I could come out. Um, And he said yes, and I thought that that was the greatest thing ever. So uh, we loaded up into my uh, Buick Oldsmobile that I had back then. So uh, Jen and Meredith and myself, we made the trek from Fredonia to Ashland, Ohio on Martin Luther King Day because I wasn't teaching that day. So we drove down, uh, and it was uh, one of the coolest, most awesome experiences I've ever had in coaching. Um, We got to the field house. Um, They had just started uh, uh, warming up. And throwing. Uh, it was a men's group, so it was uh, um, Derek Woodski, Joe Woodski, and A.G. Kruger were throwing, along with Crystal Smith, who uh, is now married to um, Kibway Johnson. And they were throwing the weight, and we were able to put a camera right behind the circle, hit record, and watch uh, the three, some, I mean, three of the best uh, weight hammer throwers at the time practice together um, but while being coached by by Judd Logan. Uh, only a couple of people have ever seen that DVD. Uh, we're going to keep that uh, a secret and hidden uh, in the archives for right now. Um, but but that was really eye-opening to me. And one, that, that Judd led us into his facility and allowed us to, to watch his practice, but how... Um, how Derek and Joe and AG carried themselves and Crystal and how they carried themselves and how uh, warm and welcoming they were to us, uh, really three kids who had no idea what we were doing at the time, uh, but, were, but were open to um, answering our questions. I remember going into the weight room. Um, they took us to uh, dinner in one of their halls, uh, which Ashlyn, I think, has rated one of the top... Um, top three best uh, dining halls in the United States for colleges and universities. Um, so, so it was a really great experience for us to go there. We watched the, the men's team practice as well uh, with Kibway uh, taking some reps in there and then the, the women's team also. So that, if, if podcasts were around back then, uh, that would have definitely been a great, uh, a great way to um, share that knowledge and information uh, by posting some of that um, uh, that footage. But like I said, we'll keep that a secret. But as far as for, for learning, um, I'm, I'm grateful to Judd. I let him know every time I see him at track meets, even now uh, with myself coaching um, at Nazareth College. Anytime our, our paths cross, I'm, I'm very um, grateful that he gave me the opportunity to come out and and learn from him and really watch him coach elite level athletes. Um, I wrote everything down in my notebook. I still have that notebook. I refer to it from time to time. Um, and Judd's a real, um, real expert in the throws, um, getting his kids ready for, uh, for indoor and outdoor nationals and all the throwing events, not just so much with his expertise in the weight and hammer, 
but certainly in the shot put discus uh, and javelin as well. So thank you, Judd, for giving me that opportunity. Uh, I wouldn't be sitting here trying to, trying to put together this the po- this podcast on my own if it wasn't for you and giving me the chance to come out and visit uh, you guys at Ashland University. Um, but with with this podcast, really, I guess I want to just share share my thoughts. Hopefully, um, if we start to gain traction here, uh, talk to other athletes and coaches in the community. Um, we're located in in Rochester, New York. Uh, so we have a lot of um, Division th- Division three schools in the area. Uh, there's uh, a couple of Division two schools as well with some very knowledgeable um, throwing coaches. Um, not so much, not only in track and field, but other successful coaches in other sports as well. Uh, football, soccer, uh, baseball, basketball, lacrosse, men's and women's lacrosse, men's and women's soccer. It'd be interesting to get um, people's perspectives on coaching that we might not normally hear from or hear about uh, at uh, the Division three or Division two level uh, specifically. I know a lot of the, the bigger podcasts that have um, big followings, um, some are uh, big-time business, uh, successful business um, individuals who uh, have a great following, who, who have succeeded in, in real estate or, or marketing or, or media or social media, things of that nature. Uh, but in the coaching world, especially with um, sports and youth sports, uh, there, isn't, there aren't too many podcasts out there where people who would not normally be um, interviewed or given an opportunity to share their thoughts, thoughts on coaching um, have that chance. So hopefully with this podcast, if there's interest out there, uh, that we would be able to talk to some of these other coaches and just get their thoughts on uh, training methodology or philosophies, um, not so much the, the ins and outs of their specific sports. Um, there's plenty of other podcasts that share that type of information. I'm obviously interested as well because there's always something to gain and learn uh, from someone who, who might be a, a successful basketball coach or baseball coach or volleyball coach. I think you can always learn something from somebody. Um, I consider myself, like I said earlier, uh, a lifelong learner. I think there's always something to learn uh, from any clinic or camp that I've ever attended, uh, and specifically from other coaches who have had success as well, Um, whether it's, uh, like I said, soccer, baseball, basketball, softball, lacrosse, um, what have you. So hopefully we'll be able to get those people um, on board and uh, willing to to be interviewed and to talk about the nuances of their sports uh, with a little bit of a twist. Uh, My real research focus and and what I'm I'm doing a lot of work with now um, at the University of Rochester where I'm a a researcher is a lot on efficacy and how people feel about themselves with regards to if if they think they possess the skills necessary to achieve a certain goal. So a lot of my dissertation work uh, when I was working on my doctorate uh, was focused on self-efficacy. You know, my um, dissertation is on teacher self-efficacy. And if teachers feel that they possess the skills necessary to positively influence student achievement, there's, there's strands of efficacy that deal with coaches. Now, do coaches feel that they possess the skills and traits necessary in order for their athletes to be success, successful? Now, with that, there's a couple things. Uh, we have to define what each person's um, definition of success is. 
And I think it's going to vary from sport to sport. So what I mean by that is uh, individual sports and team sports. Um, I've never coached a team sport, so I so I'm not really sure. That's why we're gonna we're gonna have uh, other experts come on who are able to um, to d- discuss that with us um, and share their thoughts. Uh, but I've always coached track so track's really an individual sport you train for an x amount of time you put forth a lot of effort and when you step into that circle um, there's really not much I can do anymore or any other coach for that matter Uh, it's just you and your implement Uh, you have a minute from the time your name is called to step in the circle or the javelin runway um, complete your throw and exit the back in a controlled manner where uh, your your throw can be marked as long as it lands between the two uh, sector lines. But for that minute that you might be in that circle or that 20 seconds or 10 seconds, there's really not much else I can do to help that athlete. Um, and I'm not sure there's much other coaches can do either uh, as far as you know shouting out last second instructions, things of that nature where you might um, make your athlete nervous or they might lose their focus. Um, and what have you. So really, uh, it comes down to uh, the type of sport, and then whether it's team or individual, and then how you define success. And uh, with with this first podcast here, um, I, I conducted a Twitter poll a couple weeks ago on what people would be most interested in weightlifting uh, for someone who's going to hire a weightlifting or throwing coach. Um, and I didn't specify if it's at the, um, you know, the collegiate or post-collegiate level. Um, usually when you, if you're going to go to college, um, the coach is there for the most part. It's the same thing in high school. But as a post-collegiate or somebody who's graduated from college, um, you know, it's really, it's really on the innocence of the thrower. If they're going to reach out to somebody via social media and be coached and ask for coaching uh, through, um email or Facebook or Instagram message and things of that nature, um, what, what they're interested in. Like, how, how are you going to select a coach who's going to coach you in the snatch and the clean and jerk or the javelin if they're 2,000 miles away? So what traits are you interested in uh, when you're going to select that coach? So the options were um, years of coaching experience, uh, previous athlete successes, uh, previous coach competitive experience, or other and um, the other category, I didn't define and received about a quarter of the votes. And then um, coach previous athlete successes uh, was first with about 51%. Um, so, so somebody mentioned to me on Instagram that, well, you know, you didn't really define what success is. And that's right. I did not define what success is because success, I think, is going to be different for every individual that you work with. Now, in, a, in an individual sport like track and field, for example, or swimming or golf or tennis, uh, where you don't really have to rely on your teammates as much, uh, it's really uh, you competing against yourself and uh, a distance. Or if you're a runner, you're competing against the clock. Uh, a jumper, you're, you're competing against you know the, the heights that you jump if you're a high jumper or or a long or triple jumper. So really the, the, the definition of success, I think in these regards, and this is where it's going to be nice to have other experts come in and chime in, is um, you know, how do we define success for our athletes? Um, is it going to be different 
for everybody. And I think, and I think to a certain extent it is. If you're coaching, uh, let's say, 10 um, uh, divers who compete in, in the three-meter and the one-meter diving, you know, each of them might have different um, goals or aspirations. And as a coach, I think we have to meet what our athletes uh, needs are. Uh, we might have athletes that are um, uh, national champion uh, caliber athletes at the at the Division two or three level or even at the Division one level. And then we might have athletes who are just happy to be there and that they just want to be part of the socialization aspects of being a part of a team. So as coaches, we have to try and bring all of those personalities uh, together and defining success and what the goals are, I think is important. I think it helps set um, consistency with your athletes um, and that they know that you as a coach know what, uh, what they want to achieve with, um, with a particular season. So with my athletes at Nazareth College, uh, I try and sit down with everybody in the fall before uh, our season starts and talk about that, talk about our goals, uh, what they're interested in achieving, and how we can hold each other accountable uh, to those goals. Uh, sometimes the goals, depending on the athlete, is um, you know win the conference championship, score uh, in the meet in a conference championship meet, uh, be an All-American um, in 2014-15 are uh, uh, one of the goals um, was to win a national championship. Uh, so, so depending on the athlete and the individual, um, it's gonna it's gonna make a difference. Uh, but but setting those expectations before the season start, I think, is more um, is a healthier uh, for the coach and athlete. So we know in September what the goal is for March. If that's um, if the goal is to compete at indoor nationals, uh, and May if the goal is to compete at outdoor nationals or to just compete in the conference meet in February. And April, so I think athletes and coaches define success for themselves, uh, and others might define success for for the coaches and athletes based on uh, awards that they might receive or other uh, metrics that they might be measured against. So, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, Louis Rivera at Nazareth College, um, he was a senior. Um, he went into um, the Division Three National Championship. Uh, indoor national seated first in a weight throw, um, and he won the Atlantic Region Athlete Field Athlete of the Year. Uh, so his uh, the coaches in the region considered him to be successful. So that 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 might be how they define success as having the number one throw in the country, going into nationals, not having lost a meet, setting meet record after meet record and conference record, and so on. Um, so they define. They defined success as him for that particular season, or he defined success for them. And it's going to vary region to region, especially with D3 track um, and the other track uh, levels or the other divisions as well. But that's just as, as an example. So um, they defined him as successful up until that point before the, the night before the competition. But for others, it might be different. Um, Others might just have a goal of a specific distance as opposed to uh, a goal of, of winning something. And that's different as well, too. Uh, you can throw, like, say, 50 feet in the shot put and uh, not make the finals. Or you can say that you want to win the shot put competition, 
but it might not necessarily take 50 feet. So I hope I'm being clear with that. Um, it's uh, it's uh, new to me to be talking into this, this microphone here uh, without anybody else to uh, bounce ideas off of. So, so if I'm not clear about something, hopefully uh, those of you who listen let me know about that. Um, but again, that, this is something that, that I, I want to spend time talking about, um, not only you know, myself, but hopefully get other coaches uh, on board as well who would be interested in sharing their thoughts on, on success and leadership and, and the nuances of, of coaching, but really more with a focus on, um, you know, like I said, like the relationships and the team building and, and that process. Um, the X's and O's, like I said, there's other podcasts for that. There's other people um, who are experts in uh, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, and all those other things. But I'm more interested in, in learning about how coaches develop relationships with their athletes and how they, they elicit um, that initial buy-in um, that um, the athlete's gonna, going to believe in the coach and trust the coach as much as the coach trusts uh, their athletes um, in, in whatever sport and whatever discipline uh, they might be working on. Um, so that's, that's really what, what I'm here for. Uh, hopefully others uh, might comment and, and give some, some suggestions on things uh, in regards to, uh, you know, like I said, really anything that, uh, that you might be interested in, in learning more about. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not an expert in track and field. I'm not an expert in coaching, uh, but I like reading about it. I like writing about it, um, and I like learning more about uh, ways people around the world coach their athletes, whether at the, at the elite level, um, high school level, collegiate level, and, and youth level. Because I think there's a lot to be said for uh, adults working with youth and working with kids um, and trying to help them, you know, achieve, achieve their goals, uh, whether it's at the high school level, the middle school level, the collegiate level. Uh, I think it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time on the coach's perspective to um, work with their kids, depending on what sport it is, and, and how, to, how to navigate um, trying to get the best from your athletes while giving everybody the time that they need in order to to achieve their goals. Um, but I think that's all we have for today for our first podcast or our pilot of our first podcast. Um, hopefully, hopefully we, we get some, some positive feedback here and hopefully we're interested or you're interested as the listener in learning more about um, either myself or coaching, uh, goal setting, like I said, really anything that has to do with more of the, the social emotional aspect of, of working with uh, young people in, in sports. Um, so that's it for, for today. I appreciate everyone listening uh, to the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about uh, Forts Athletics and, and the club that we have, uh, you can go to www.fortsathletics.com. That's F-O-R-Z-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S.com. We're also on Instagram at Forts Athletics and Twitter uh, at Forts Athletics as well. So Twitter or Forts Athletics across all social media outlets. Um, I, I'm really excited about this. Hopefully we elicit some, some nice conversation and uh, people are interested in learning more about um, 
the the other not not so much the um, the hardware side of coaching, if you will, but the software side of coaching, the uh, the what happens between our ears uh, when we're out there in competition against um, against other athletes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a great day.